0: Hello, Decode, your burnout fans. I am so excited to have you back with me this week. My next guest is Annie Meehan, the fabulous international speaker and the author of no less than five motivational books, including her latest book, The Pineapple Principle, on which she based her recent TED Talk, The Lessons I Learned from a Pineapple. Annie inspires, enlightens, and energizes her audiences to break counterproductive patterns. She has helped legions transform themselves from a life of muddling along to one of sustained focus that showcases success after success. She's an expert on living an exceptional life, and we can see through her example. When she's not working, she volunteers in the community, likes to travel with her family, and walk or be walked by the family dogs, Peanut and Leo. Annie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Sharon. I appreciate
1: being here. And I know so many people are feeling burnt out and stressed out, and sometimes inside of that silenced and stigma. And so I love what you're doing to help say, hey, you're not alone. And we're here to support you. And we're going to bring in people to encourage and support you. And um, so I'm grateful to be here and share a little bit of wisdom and insight today. Uh, I had a rather challenging upbringing being the middle of seven kids raised by a single mom who struggled with mental illness. Mm. And A huge part of my work every day, whether it's my topic or my writing or whatever, is always removing silence and shame and stigma. And I think being burnt out, especially as a woman, I'm not saying it doesn't exist for men, but being burnt out as a woman, we're not supposed to get there. We're supposed to be like, I got it. I got it. I can do one more thing. I can help one more person. And sometimes we take that on, and then we sit in silence at home at the end of the day when we're so depleted, we're so overwhelmed and burnt out. And so, growing up, the middle of these seven kids raised by a single mom for me, uh, we had extreme poverty. My mother struggled with uh, her mental health, showed up as a hoarder, and so we lived in a hoarding house. And so there was always stress. There was always burnout. But one thing that all seven of us ended up having is amazing work work ethic. Is like to show, to prove that we had worth, which we didn't feel like we had, we would work one job, two jobs, three jobs, work hours and hours. I remember there was a season, I was 17 and I dropped out of high school and I was trying to support my 15 year old brother so he could finish high school. And I had a morning job at the bakery, which I think had to be there at 4am. And when, as soon as I was done with that shift, I did a temp job, um, at a, um, office corporate office where I did some temporary agents during the work during the day. And then in the evening, I'd worked at a pizzeria till two in the morning. So I literally would sleep for an hour and a half, two hours just to be able to do that. And so that was just one season of my life. But I know then I became a single mom and trying to support my son and work full time and go to school. That burnout is so real in so many people's lives. And I always try to think about how can I teach you something? How can I share something with you with a little analogy, a little wisdom? And And what I think about when I pay attention today to people's lives and their stories is that many people don't feel seen, they don't feel valued, and they don't feel like anyone's kind or caring to them. In fact, I think sometimes I meet people and they're like, I gave it all away and nobody was there to give me anything back. And that's kind of where the pineapple principle came from. And when I did the TEDx talk and what I learned about that was so important to me for people feeling stressed out and exhausted and overwhelmed by life at home is that I wanted to make it simple. And I wanted to make it helpful. And so what I thought about is if one person um, in the world would have possibly seen my brother valued my brother or been kind to him, he might not have taken his life. And, and I certainly don't blame anyone for taking for him taking his life. I know there was mental health, and there was a lot of stuff. But I thought if I could do one thing in his honor, for the rest of my life, every day, make an effort to see people, people that are looking down, people that look overwhelmed, just to pay attention to people, to the cashiers, to the waitresses, to the widow, to the person alone. So seeing people was huge to me. I think when we are feeling burnt out, there can be such an enormous piece of isolation. So for me, one simple thing that I always like to remind people is like, look up. And there was a time in my life, I felt invisible and unseen and unworthy. But today, I'm grateful to have confidence to have stability and security in my life. So not only do I have it for myself, and I take breaks, um, I live across the street from the beach today. So I walk the beach three to five times a day, every day, it's very grounding. Movement is my medicine. But when I'm walking the beach, I also pay attention to who's walking by me. Can I look up and offer a smile? Is there an opportunity to offer an encouraging word? And so just seeing people, which can seem silly, but I think in a world where we look down so much, it's important to look up and see people. So seeing is the first step. Do you have a question for me? Sorry.
0: Well, so you have so much to share. And obviously, (laughs) my goodness, like just what you said so far, there's like so much really that uh, I want to just pause. And I want to just give us a moment to take it all in because there was just, so. I mean, you know, when we talk about decoding your burnout, we really look at these three contributing factors. And so far, what you've said is there were so many environmental stressors. There were so many growing up. I mean, between having so many kids at home, a single mom, a mom with mental illness, living in extreme poverty, Um, the hoarding environment, I don't know how much people understand how that affects you when you're living somewhere, but it's huge, right? And I know there's a lot of shame about bringing people to the home, you don't want people to see your environment, because things are like floor to ceiling. I don't know if it was like that in your house. But I've done a lot of work with hoarding and organization, so I know that. Um, And you know, there was that whole thing that you were growing up in. And then when you became an adult, you talked about being a single mom. Yeah. At what point in the timeline did your brother take his life?
1: Yeah. Um, my brother took his life one day after my 23rd birthday and one week after his 22nd. Wow.
0: So
1: I was a single mom at 20 and, um, He was a dad as well. He had a child
0: that
1: he was married with a two-year-old when he took his life. And 22 years later, his son took his life. So lots. I know you worked with hoarding. Uh, Hoarding's fascinating to me and devastating. And I love that you understand it's layered. I never knew anyone else had that experience growing up until I saw the show as an adult. Yeah. And it's not just a house. It's so many things.
0: Well, it's the mind, right? right? It's like when you have a lot of clutter in your mind, it shows up in your environment. And there's a lot of emotional things that are undealt with, if for lack of a better <laughs> way sure. of saying it. But uh, this is our our uh, attempt to kind of hold on to something, right, That's to right. feel in control. So uh, unfortunately, when you grow up in that, it's like the person who's dealing with it is now affecting everybody around them. And it's like, as you say, layers of so many things going on. So I wanted to just highlight that. And then of course, there's two scenarios (laughs) that I see typically happen is either you grow up in an environment where you have so little, and then you either don't amount to much, and you kind of follow the example that you have, or you take a complete 180, which is what you did, and you're like, I'm going to work three jobs. I'm not going to sleep at all. I'm going to do all the things. (laughs) What else can I do? How many books can I produce? Yeah, totally. And like we were just talking about this before we started to record how even today you were up at four in the morning. So not much has changed, Jenny. (laughs) I take downtime now.
1: And I take better care of myself. And I have boundaries. Now I just my body wakes up early. Now don't call me after nine at night, I will probably be asleep. I'm not that much fun in the evening. That's good. But my body just wakes up early. And especially my body really naturally wakes up between four and five when I need quiet time, when I am too busy, which when I wake up that early, I'm waking up and lighting one light, and having time for prayer and time for Bible mm-hmm. study or time for reflection and journaling. And that is part of getting healthy outside of that environment is learning when to say no, learning to have boundaries, deciding to live at a beach, um, yeah. simplifying my lifestyle because chaos doesn't work. And I married a super stable guy, which sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, your parents still live in the same house. I moved 83 times, you know, like, so you're right. It's kind of that extreme. And then it's pulling it back. And it's also being in check, you know, with yourself of like, Did I throw away everything because we never throw anything? Did I keep too much? Because that's all I know, you know. Even so now I have, and whatever we could talk for hours. You seem like a great person. I is uh so we just found out a year ago, a little over a year ago. My my mother had a daughter. She placed her adoption 59 years ago and never told anyone.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And so now we're we have a great relationship with her, she's awesome, but um it was such an answer. To a deep wounding that never made sense mm. to any of us. And because hoarding, the more I learn to understand it, has to do with the history of a great loss yes. or feeling out of control.
0: Yes. So. Okay. So you're you're basically saying that your mom had to give up this baby. And that's what kind of propelled her into the world of hoarding, perhaps. She
1: won't ever acknowledge or agree with that. But for us, it gave us some answers. Yeah. Um, I have a sister that's a social worker, a sister that's a probation officer, and I myself doing work in mental wellness. The, when I saw that show and realized, oh my gosh, there was other people like us, I was actually kind of happy because I yeah. had no idea. And then I was kind of super sad because I realized, courting is what people see on the outside yes. of what's happening and nobody was ever allowed in our home but what's happening internally with the human being that a used Kleenex has more value than your kids. What sort of deep wound or loss would create that? And so that show became just devastating to me to know other people were going through.
0: Yeah. What I love is that you really grew up with so much shame and you've made it your life mission to help other people get rid of their shame. You understand it so deeply, right? And you are taking that on. And I think it's such important work because so many people are filled with shame. That's why we hide. That's why we try to pretend to be something we're not. That's why we have so much imposter syndrome. I mean, it's just everywhere. It okay. is.
1: Do you want to partner with me? i on one of my Latest and greatest July ideas. It wasn't going to be in July, but somebody else from Florida said, I'm coming there. I'm doing this with you. We're doing it in July. I'm like, okay. So I have this vision. So I live across the street from the beach on the Gulf side, and I have this vision. There's a lot of different stuff about Sue. I've done suicide walks, I've done mental health walks, I've done lots of things, but I want to create my own walk that is in the evening and it's a 5K and it's never walk alone in mm. silence, stigma, or shame around unplanned pregnancy, addiction, mental illness, uh, depression, anything, all the things that, cause you're not good enough. Cause you're divorced. Cause you got fired. Cause you, so many people are showing up bitter and negative because of a deep wound that they have pushed down with shame and silence and stigma. And so I don't want to just walk in the dark and I don't want to walk in the light. I'm like, I want people to never walk alone. Because I think walking alone is often what leads to suicide for people that are shame wins. I always say people that take their life don't want to die. They just don't know how to live anymore. I've been there. It's a horrific place to be. And I just want people to know you're not alone. Like I'm here, you're here. These other people that are telling me the date they want to fly in. There's somebody that wants to be the founder of it. Like there's people stepping forward. I put this idea out there and I was going to give myself a year and they're like, Annie, we need this now. People Mm. are sitting at home, hopeless. And you- are such a light for saying, you don't have to live like that anymore. I had four unplanned pregnancies. I dropped out of high school. I had so much stigma around me and my family. And it's like, I'm not believing that I'm less than anymore. I'm enough with all my messy parts and all the things people don't understand. And if they care enough to ask, I'll tell them. But if they want to judge me, that's on them, not me. So, yeah.
0: So tell us at what point did you actually feel burnout? Because I mean, there's a lot of things that you (laughs) experienced. Was it like, really like burnout or was it just, this is life?
1: Oh, it was burnout or breakdown is kind of what, I, how I think of it is like when I got pregnant at 19 and I was just trying to keep going on fumes and it was a wake up call of like being pregnant strains your body a lot. And I mm-hmm. feel like I was burnt out on giving from a place of depleted that mm-hmm. I hadn't been given or equipped with things that other people got to take for granted from their parents. I never had those. So Being able to give from a place of full, I had to kind of break down, burn out, and take a moment to take care of myself. And I had some amazing doctors along the journey that, and therapists that encouraged me and said, hey, it's okay to take care of yourself. And it's okay to not go back to a sick environment to get support that's unavailable. And where you come from doesn't have to define where you're going. So Mm -hmm. I think that was a burnout, breakdown, deep breath. And kind of starting, like, without any knowledge at 19, 20 years old and trying to figure out how to be as a human being, as a woman, as a mom. Um, You know, I probably had that. And then when I was raising my three kids, uh, kind of probably volunteered too much and said yes to everything and kind of burnt myself out again. I think I go in cycles of, like, I think I'm better now, maybe age with wisdom, but I need quiet time. I need to walk every day. It's not a choice. It's like my medicine is, like, I have to make time for myself so that I can do the good work that I feel called to do in the world as a speaker and writer.
0: Yeah. And you're so much more than that. I mean, just evidenced by your passion and like putting this walk together and you have so many passion projects. I think you have such a huge heart and it comes from a, a real place of I've been there. I get it. I really want to help. And you have so much wisdom that we're lucky to have you to share from your experience. I mean, honestly, so thank you so much for everything that you do. And what I would love is if you could I know people are going to want to watch the TED Talk, and I really encourage people to watch it. It's been such a phenomenal thing to watch and hear all the stories. So maybe let's not spoil it with telling them all the okay, stories. Okay. i think I think they can go watch it. but, you have three three principles that make up what it means to be a pineapple person, and I think this ties in nicely to your burnout story. So, if somebody's burned out, how do you think these three principles might be something that they can apply to their lives that would help them lead a more exceptional life? Which I know is another thing that you talk about.
1: Exactly. I want to respond to one thing because you just said something made me teary, and I. I remember being in my mastermind, which I facilitated for years. And the guys were teasing me, like, why do you always help everybody? And why do you do everything for everyone? And why are you always opening your home? And and one of the guys goes, oh, it's because of everybody that helped Annie. And there was a woman in the group that used to be a therapist. And she's a coach and a speaker now. And she said, no, it's not. It's because nobody ever helped Annie. And she doesn't want anyone to feel like she felt. And that is the truth. And so my three guiding principles of what I know what it felt like And that I want to give the world so nobody ever gets to feel as sad as I felt is to see people, to value people, value yourself and then value other people and to be kind and that it's so simple. And yet I really think it could change the world. And so that's what those are kind of my guiding principles of how I live the exception of how I show up with passion and purpose, how I value every person um, for what they bring to the world. And so, yeah.
0: So, I just heard this, and um, it really what you're saying kind of synchronizes with with this thing that I heard. so you know, Simon Cowell um, is somebody who grew up with hearing his father say, "The way that you treat other people is you imagine that they have this kind of bulletin board above their head that says, "I am important." Mm-hmm. and so as you engage with them, you really focus on fitting into that to like help them feel seen, make them feel like they really are important. And if you do that, then you're not going to have any anxiety talking to anybody. It's really about them. It's not about you, which I think comes in handy with, you know, performance anxiety and all those kinds of things. And it also helps every relationship clearly because when somebody feels seen, tell us, I'm not going to say it, you say it. What happens when, Somebody feels seen.
1: They feel valued. You know, they feel worthy. They feel important, right? They feel like they're, they're worth it. When you feel seen, they feel like they matter, especially if you see them without judgment, which I think is, so we notice things, but sometimes we're noticing only to judge. But if we really see people, they feel valuable. And I do think for me, it had to start with myself, like seeing myself and valuing myself and being kind to myself, which I did not grow up believing. And so first starting with ourselves and then turning it around and saying, wait a minute. Okay. I get it. But now imagine all the people in the world out there that don't get it yet. Could you see them? Could you value them? Could you make them feel important and valued and seen and be kind? You know, It's not hard, but it's intentional, right? Yeah.
0: I I love that you just said that because Sometimes we're really quick to try to make everybody else feel good, especially if you're a people pleaser, right? You want to take care of everybody. You're like, oh, okay, I like this principle. I'll make everybody feel important. And I'm going to do more. And it's kind of like you've been saying, giving from a place of depletion, going on fumes, uh, having that conditioning of I got it. And right. You've mentioned all these things today, but the work has to start with you. It has to start with you, and that's the hardest part of the work, isn't it?
1: It totally is. And even like you said, if you're a people pleaser, which those of us that tend to get to the point of burnout, we are there because we are, have a hard time saying no. My mother-in-law used to say, "You can say no," and I'm like, "Well, no, the church needs me for this, and the school needs me for this, and the soccer team needs me for this, and the kids need me." And, and I would just go to bed so exhausted, and it was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was speaking last week to a bunch of men, and I was saying. Are you giving your spouse your leftovers? And they literally lined up to say, Oh, my gosh, that word, all I'm bringing home is my leftovers. So yeah, we're, if we're pleasers, if we're workaholics, we got to start with ourselves. And then it, it is easier. But I know people hear me, and they're like, I'm going to do that. And I'm like, Okay, how are you doing on yourself first? Are you seeing yourself? Are you taking a moment for quiet? For
0: Yeah, and it's it's two things. I think it's how you perceive yourself. Like if you have that limiting belief of I am not enough, it's cleaning that up, right? And getting to the point where you believe that you are important as well, right? And from that place, it's so much easier to start taking care of yourself. So all the things that you mentioned that you now do, like you take a walk on the beach, you said movement is my medicine, which I love. Um, You know, you talked about Doing all these things to take care of yourself, you live by the beach, you know you spend time with family and friends, you do all these things for yourself. that has to come from a place where you believe that you're worth it. 100%. And that's the piece that a lot of people are missing, right? When they say, well, I don't have time for myself, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time to meditate. It's because they're not valuing themselves. That's right. So when you put yourself on the back burner, it's you know you talk about leftovers, I talk about crumbs. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. right. So it's like when you say, okay, I'm going to put my energy and my efforts into helping everybody else doing my job and taking care of my family and my community and everything else. And then if there's any crumbs left over, then that's what I get for me. It's like, that doesn't work. And that's exactly what leads people to burnout. So um, can you share with us how this how these three principles actually align with that uh pineapple person thing that you talked about in the TED talk starting with the crown i know you kind of quickly glanced over that but take us through that please
1: yeah um so the stand up straight is about seeing people right when we stand up we're not looking at our phone we're not looking around we're we're um seeing people and the value of self is you know i do get up early but that is super intentional time of seeing myself before any noise before the dogs before my husband is I sit in the quiet and whether that's prayer time or reflection or just sitting and being grounded is so important we all have the same hours in the day I used to own a gym so I love that you reminded me of that the crown reminds us our value right if we wear a crown we can be a princess or a prince or a king or a queen whatever you want to be but when I didn't value myself I could just lay in bed and watch soap operas all day and eat donuts and so it's like okay wait a minute I value myself but if I have a crown on if I'm worth it, If I'm worth taking care of, if I'm worth making time for scheduling, saying no to people, then so are other people. And then I think about when I look at people, instead of seeing a sign or a billboard, I see a crown on them. And I think, oh, my gosh, they're a value human being. I wonder what their story is. I wonder what they have to offer the world. And then like a pineapple, if you're sweet on the inside, sweetness comes out of your mouth and out of your keyboard and out of your text messages and you become an encourager in the world. And it is it's just delightful like that's the, my best word is like dolphins delight me and being kind to other people delight me because to be kind to someone, especially if it's unexpected and you just like, when people ask me, why are you nice? I'm like, I love being nice. Like it's, it's fun to be nice to be It's fun to be kind. So yeah. Be sweet.
0: So we have the crown and we have sweetness on the inside. And what's, what's the third principle?
1: So stand up straight is the straight. just the, the straight, then the crown, then the sweet on the inside. And the fourth thing that people say about pineapples is they can be pokey on the outside. And that's a great reminder to me and to everyone that sometimes we're pokey. Sometimes life is hard. It's not an excuse. We don't get to be pokey, but remember that you're sweet on the inside. And remember that other people are too when they're having a bad day or they're not being at their best. They do have sweetness in them somewhere.
0: And I, I want to I wanna bring this back to burnout because I think what happens especially when we're burned out, is we do get a little prickly, right? We have a lot of resentment. We're feeling very cynical. We say things, we do things that can prick other people. And it's important if you're the one getting pricks to remember that it's not who that person is, it's just the state that they're in. And if you can see beyond that, kind of like you were talking about, not judge them, but see where they're hurting, and work with them to get back to where you know they can be right that's that's really the challenge because you know it's easy for us to like if you and I were in a room together it would be so easy for me to be near you because you are so sweet and you are so generous and kind and lovely right but if you were burned out and you didn't show up that way it would be a lot more challenging for me to have to be around you, right? Because it might be triggering or there might be some other things going on, or maybe I'm stressed out and I don't need your stress on top of my stress, right? So that is the biggest challenge I think that we have interpersonally is when other people aren't at their best. And you talked about your brother, and um, he was going through a lot. And if if somebody would have seen how he was struggling and would be able to reach out to him and support him you know these are the kinds of examples that we need to take into consideration because a lot of this is life or death that's right not always right. but even if it's not a life or death it's kind of like a soul situation right like you could be alive and just like feel like you have no soul anymore like it's just completely burned out. Right. And so we have to allow um, people to be where they are and, and not judge them and find ways to reach them and help them in whatever way we can. And I love that you have these three very cute principles about how to not just do that when it's necessary, but how to live your life as a pineapple person right? I love that. So thank you well, so- Just so
1: you know, Sharon, I got to close with one thing because people think I have it all together and that I'm doing it. I am a work in progress every day. And including yesterday, I tried intermittent fasting. I'm sure some of your listeners do that. It doesn't work for me. And my husband came in and said, can you make me a dentist appointment too? And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't even want to make myself. And then after he left, after he left the room, I was like, wow, that was kind of a freak out. you were a little pokey. And I waited and about an hour later, I was like, oh my gosh, I was starving. I was trying to not eat, even though I was hungry and I snapped at my husband and I was pokey. And so one thing I'll say about being pokey is there are times we are, but it's also important to go back and say, I said to him, I'm so sorry. I am not a skip breakfast person. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, please don't do that. I'm like, I know. I don't even like, so I just, (laughs) I want to say like, and, and then, and I also do think it is life and death and whether that's a physical body living or dying or people just going through life as zombies and feeling so exhausted so depleted they don't have an ounce for themselves or a crumb or a leftover
0: yeah and
1: then they're snapping and they're not being the best human the best spouse the best parent the best employee employer like we gotta take care of ourselves we gotta make time in that 24 hours whether it's working up waking up 15 minutes early or staying up late or cutting out at breakfast or lunch and going for a walk it, it, you're worth it you're worth it i care about you please do it please take care of yourself so you can take care of other people right so
0: Yeah. And also thank you for sharing that you're a work in progress. I think we all are. And it's a good reminder that even when you're hearing somebody on a podcast or watching somebody who seems like they have it all together, you go to a conference and you see the keynote speaker, that everybody is a work in progress. We're all just doing our best. Sometimes we can seem on the outside, like we have it all together, but we're all human. And that means that we're all going to go through human emotions and we're all going to struggle with life. And you've shared certainly, you know, a laundry list of things that you've been through. And I think while that was incredibly hard early on, I think it really has shaped who you've become. And for that, I'm so grateful. So Annie, if somebody is interested in working with you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, uh, just Googling Annie Meehan is probably the easiest. That's my website. And I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Facebook, a little bit on Twitter and Instagram, but I don't know how to do them. Don't know how to use TikTok or Snapchat or all those other things. But anyway, I'm out there, Annie Meehan. And, and I have a lot of videos on YouTube and I love you know whether people get to work with me or not, just to click on one for some encouragement, some hope, a story. Um, that's, my, that's my heart work is that I'll spend the rest of my life doing whatever I can to help another person every day
0: beautiful so we're gonna have links in the show notes to both your book and to the ted talk and i want to thank you again for being here and for all you listeners out there i hope this was as inspirational as i found annie's message to be especially after watching her ted talk i do encourage everybody to go out there click and watch it because it was really beautiful. Uh, Of course, now you know the backstory, a lot of what has brought her to have this idea and how she lives her life. And what I want to encourage everybody to do is to find solutions that are unique to you. Maybe it's taking something from today's show about being a pineapple person and starting to live a little bit more like that each day. I also would love it if you would help spread this message that burnout can show up differently for everybody. And the way that you can support us in this show is by subscribing on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone who is struggling with burnout. I look forward to seeing you again right here next week with another fabulous guest. Take care.